Brought to you by the WZIP Sports Team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Over well, I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of SPT Overtime. We are coming at you with episode number 11. We have a lot to talk about today, specifically with the Columbus Blue Jackets and everything else that's going on in the National Hockey League as we approach the All-Star break, which happens to be this weekend. My name is Dan Groen, and joining me is my fellow hockey expert and disgruntled Blue Jackets fan, Pat Weber. This this team just makes me sad. They make <laughs> me sad, yet happy, and I don't, I, I can't explain it. Yeah, it's... Being a Blue Jackets fan is rough, for sure. A lot of ups and downs, mostly downs. But occasionally get some ups in there that brings your hope up, and then they just let you down again. So, uh, yeah, to open this episode, we are going to recap some of the previous few games um, against the Ottawa Senators, the Calgary Flames, and the New York Rangers. Um, so let's just go over the uh, 2-1 to loss against Ottawa. Sean Corrales was the only one who scored for Columbus, and we ended up losing to former Blue Jackets goalie and the winning goaltender for the the Calder Cup winning Cleveland Monsters, Anton Forsberg, who had 35 saves. Uh, What are some of your takeaways from this game? I know we were supposed to win that game, but I'm not mad at the outcome because that was a we played a complete game that game. At least we gave it some effort, which is something Mm -hmm. that it's really hit or miss for us right now. Like, we actually played the full 60 minutes the best that we could. Just happened that we fell out there. And I can't be too, like I said, I can't be too upset about that because there's not many games the Blue Jackets play the full 60 minutes of ice time. Right, and considering that we've given up a lot more goals as of late, um, losing 2-1, to one, well, it's certainly not ideal. It At least they played a, a complete game, like you said. Um, unlike the next game when we played the Calgary Flames getting shut out six to nothing, uh, the Flames recorded 62 shots on goal, which I believe is a franchise record for shots against. Um, I assume that doesn't take into account the six overtime bubble game against Toronto or uh, Tampa Bay a couple years ago. Um, Elvis Merzlikens, he allowed six goals but still managed to have a 900 save percentage. So I, I don't blame him for that loss at all. He gave no. it everything he had. I mean, come on, 62 shots. Mm-hmm. Are, that, that's ridiculous. And the 900 save percentage, you know, that's what you got to look at. You know, you can't say six shot or six goals is bad on his part because he still saved pretty much most of them, nine out of ten of them. And it was just the defense just was not there. They couldn't get anything going on offense. And it's just it was just one of the worst games I think that the Blue, the Blue Jackets have played in a yeah. very long time. It, it looked like we were back to last year. I mean, watching that game, we were slow to every puck. I was watching players fall over 
just themselves. It, we looked like I, the best way to put it is we looked like an utter joke of a team that game. Yeah, it was horrid. We got outshot, I think, by almost forty attempts, oh and we, we you just can't win with that. There's no way. Absolutely not. It, yeah, just an embarrassment of a game. Uh, but they did save some face after they defeated the New York Rangers five to three the other night. It was an impressive win against a team that is 28-12-4 right now uh, for 60 points, which is third in the Metro. They are two points behind first place Carolina and one point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so after allowing two quick goals uh, in the first, early on in the first period, uh, Corpus Allo was lights out for the rest of the game. How did you feel about his outing? At first, I was really upset. Because when I saw that he had given up two goals on three-shot attempts, I thought this was going to be another textbook Jackets game of we're just going to get blown out, and this is going to be ugly. But he stepped it up. I mean, it was phenomenal the rest of the game. And the fact that we were able to pull out a win against the Rangers, I was very, very fine with that. Because it shows yep. that even though our record has slipped and we have fallen from where we were at one point top of the Metro, it shows that we are still competitive and we can still hold we can still hang in there with whoever we go up against. It just has to be the full sixty minutes of hockey, which we gave that game and at least it paid off for us then. Yeah, Alexander uh Georgiev, I think that's how you pronounce it, was a net for the Rangers as opposed to Igor Shesterkin, who I'm gonna talk about later. Um Georgiev struggled greatly. He saved 14 of 18 shots, I believe. Um, so Columbus was definitely lucky to win that one with bad goal play. But at the same time, you got to take whatever you can. Take whatever win that you can because that's just what you're holding on to right now. Yeah. So um, kind of as a whole, I mean, I know we kind of touched on this, but how do you feel about the Blue Jackets season right now? Um, to me personally, I think that we're in a very awkward situation that or an awkward position that I really did not want to be in from the beginning, where we're right in the middle of the pack, where we're winning too much to lead the Shane Wright sweepstakes, but we're also losing too much to even be considered a playoff team. You know, we'll look at some of the standings. Actually, you know, we'll just look at some of the standings right now. Uh, The Florida Panthers lead the Atlantic, followed by Tampa Bay and Toronto. Boston holds a wild card seed right now at 53 points. In the Metro, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and the Rangers hold the top three spots with Washington at the wild card with 57 points. Um, Columbus right now is fifth in the Metro, and yet we are still down by 18 points um, uh, compared to Washington. So I don't think that a wild card is a realistic uh, We would have to right get now. extremely lucky. And we'd have to yeah. play out of our minds coming up. I mean, it, it's to the point where you basically, I don't say win out the season, but you can't afford like any losses mm-hmm. at all because to go, we're, we're normally a wild card team. Granted, yeah. I understand that. Um, that's kind of our role right now. We're still a fairly new franchise to mm-hmm. the league. But to go from where we were, at the beginning of the year, where nobody thought at any point we would come close to touching the number one spot in the Metro, to be there for a couple of weeks, and then to just 
fall off a cliff like this, I think I, I want to say that we'll make a wild card spot. I don't think we will because how we have how well we have to play coming up, I don't think we can step up to that yet. Right, and just looking at those standings, like I said, it's very top-heavy. I mean, I can't see anyone besides Boston and Washington as of now making the wild card. I mean, maybe Detroit sneaks in there if they start picking it up. But even then, they're still nine points behind Boston in the Atlantic. And then kind of going back to your point about kind of where we were sitting in first place in the Metro at the beginning of the year, you know, heading into the season, I was not expecting much because it was clear we were in full rebuild mode. A lot of our cornerstone players from the last decade were shipped out. Cam Atkinson, Nick Foligno, David Savard, um, Seth Jones even. And so I wasn't expecting us to... I I knew that it was going to be a flash in the pan. I figured that with how well we were playing that eventually we would cool down. I didn't expect it to be as big of a meltdown as it's been. But right now... Sitting at 19, 21, and 1 for 39 points, which is fifth in the Metro. It's about where I had kind of predicted where we would be so far. So, right in the middle of this rebuild, where we're kind of middle of the pack, do we think, do we have like a fully formed opinion on Brad Larson as our head coach? I, mm, I don't know because. At the beginning of the year, he was phenomenal. I mean, we were winning something that we're not used to in the beginning of the season. But I think that the lack – so with Coach Torts, he was the very defensive. We talked about this last time. He's a very defensive-minded coach. I think that's what's hurting us now Mm. is that we're so focused on just offense now that we're not focusing enough on defense, and that's why we're losing – these games by so much and why we're giving up so many shots on goal, why, you know, all of a sudden we went from only giving up two or three goals a game at the beginning of the year to now four to five on average. Um, I don't want to form any opinions yet. I want to give him, like, maybe another season Mm -hmm. to see how this team can, like, fill out because there are a lot of players that are very young and still trying to find their fit in this system. Yeah. But if I had to make an opinion now, I would say that I don't think he's a good fit to be our head coach. Yeah, it definitely is, like you said, almost a complete 180 from the scheme that we saw from Torts. Um, And I personally, I did not like the hire. I thought that there were a lot of good external options out there uh, when we were looking for our head coach. Um, So I was kind of surprised that Brad Larson ended up winning it. Uh, because when he was the special teams coordinator, the special teams coach with the power play and everything, it was just terrible. So I didn't think he would have been a good fit. Um, But we also have to keep in mind we are the youngest team in the NHL, I believe. Uh, When we talk about our defense and how lackluster they're playing, um, a lot of that probably does have to do with scheming. But also we got to keep in mind that Zach Wierenski is one of our most experienced defenseman and he's still super young too all things considered you know we look at some of our other guys like Adam Boquist Jake Bean they are all really young and so I feel like it's just going to take a lot of time because since we are in rebuild mode 
you know, we can't expect to be back into the playoff hunt right out of the gate. It's going to take a lot of frustration, unfortunately. Uh, but I think eventually, whether Brad Larson is the answer or not, I think a lot of our young guys coming in is eventually going to pay off. we got a lot of prospects that have yet to come over still, uh, like Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko. Uh, looking at the Monsters, I really like Trey Fix-Wolanski and Tyler Angle. Um, and then some of our other guys, too, like Igor Chinikov and Cole Sillinger. I am very optimistic about them. So do you what do you think that our outlook do we do we think that we can be back into the playoffs in the next couple of years? I think so, because we like you said, we have a very, uh, a very young team mm-hmm. trying to put it that way. Um, there's not a lot of experience out there, which I know that comes with time. Um, when we're looking at everything compared to where we were, I think that in the next four to five years, we're going to be right back where we were, if not better than where we were. I think given enough time within, honestly, I'd say less than 10 years, I could see us actually making our first Stanley Cup appearance at least in the uh, in the finals there. But right now it's just rebuild. It's kind of like for anyone who doesn't really watch hockey, I view us as kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. right now of the NHL. They're just a, such a young team. Yeah, They win important games, but at the end of the day, they lose ones that they shouldn't lose. Right. And they're in full rebuild. They're going to be good in the future. That's how I view us. I know that coming up in the next couple seasons, we're going to get better and better the more experience these young guys get. And I think the future is bright for us. It's just that right now we're in that slump. We're in the rebuild. It finally hit us where we started off on fire. I personally think that could be because we have so many new players on our team. Nobody knew mm-hmm. how everything was going to fit, yeah, and we surprised a lot of teams. But now that they figured everything out, it's a little bit easier to put us on hold, which it has. Um, but that's just going to come with time. Yeah, I, I know that, you know, Rowinski, he's the fact that he's considered one of our veterans right now is... Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, and it felt like yesterday I was watching an 18-year-old Wierenski, uh win the Calder Cup with the Monsters, and same with Oliver Bjorkstrand. You know, the fact that, you know, already we're seeing them wear those A's and Boone Jenner wearing the C, it's, you know, it's a very, I really like to see it, and it just kind of goes to show how young our team is and how bright our future will be. Um, like I said, it probably won't come anytime soon, but if this ends up being like what we've seen with the Cavs, where it's a couple years of just frustration and then all of a sudden, it just kind of clicks together. All the young talent we have clicks together. I hope that we do see that sometime in the near future. Um, so one player I kind of want to talk about is Patrick Laine. He, after returning from being injured for a while, he has definitely helped out this team on the offensive end. Uh, but he still hasn't quite lived up to the hype that we saw out of him in his first couple years with Winnipeg. Do you think that he is a long-term fit for the Blue Jackets, or do you think that they should possibly look into trading him at some point? I like Patrick Laine a lot. Don't get me wrong, but as, like you said, he hasn't exactly lived up to the expectations and all the hype that was surrounding his name in his that uh, when he was up in Winnipeg. I want to say that he would be a long-term mm-hmm. for the Jackets. 
I don't think realistically that will happen, though, because he this season has been underperforming, and I think that's that very nice way of putting it. Um, yes, I understand that he had the uh, injury and then personal issues to uh, deal with and his time away, but when you're supposed to be one of the young stars of the league, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be what people are calling one of the next great players, and you're putting on a season that, quite frankly, I think anybody in the NHL could put on. Mm-hmm. That might hurt you a little bit, and if we were to trade him, I would like for us to still try to build on our defense. Yeah. Because we have no problem on offense, except for our age. Because there's not enough experience, and obviously that's just going to come with time. Our shot selection, are little, it's a little bit wild still. Mm-hmm. We're missing a lot of easy open goals. But if we were to get rid of line A, I would like for us to get a lot of defensive pieces in return because that's where we are struggling the most right now. Yeah. Um, but I just don't see him staying long term with the Jackets. Yeah, I would love to see him stay here long term because I think that potential is still there. He's got one of the most powerful shots in the entire league. And so I guess it just all comes down to asking price. You know, is he still going to get that contract that he thought that he deserved, you know, when you base when you base it back on his time in Winnipeg, is he going to get paid that much or does he know that at this point maybe he's not quite at that level and he'll take a pay like a I wouldn't say a pay cut, but maybe a smaller contract to stay with this team and be one of our long-term members cuz he is about as young as anyone else on this team, you know, and it feels like he's been around forever, but he came into the league at 18 years old. Now I believe he's like 23 or 24, so he still has a lot of years on him left. Um, So I would love to see him be the future. I just don't know if realistically we can make that happen with all the other young pieces that we have who will eventually have to pay, assuming that they all pan out. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much the outlook that we have on the Blue Jackets right now. Uh, Coming up this weekend is the All-Star game, and there's a couple – things I want to talk about a couple big all-star snubs Uh, do you have any off the top of your head right now off the top of my head for us at least for all-star snubs I think that um, Boone Jenner still deserved a spot on the all-star team yeah Um, and Oliver Bjorkstrand definitely deserved one and he was overlooked I think Oliver Bjorkstrand might be the most underrated player in the NHL because mm-hmm. he's so good, but nobody wants to give him the uh, attention that he deserves or the respect that he deserves. Right, and I feel like if he was around a little bit more experienced players and stuff, he could definitely use that uh, to his full uh, potential. Um, but yeah, I like that Voracek made it as the last man in. I feel like you can argue that Boone Jenner probably deserved it more, uh, but Boone Jenner is one of the leaders, if not still the leader in primary assists. Uh, Wierenski making it was definitely definitely well-deserved. Um, but then kind of looking elsewhere around the league, I think the biggest all-star snub right now, for as much as I hate to say it because I hate this dude, but Brad Marchand, who hasn't even been the last man in as far as I know, he's got 21 goals, 26 assists, for 47 points through 36 games. 
And because of just how the all-star voting is, where everyone gets, like, one rep at least, and then you get a couple, like, last men in, I feel like he definitely deserves to be in it. I agree with that. He's definitely one of the best players in the in the league right now. And the fact that he's not in the all-star game, to, well, to our knowledge right now, we don't know if he made it as the last man in or not, but that's... I don't want to say, like, downright disrespectful, but it kind of is if you look at it that way mm-hmm. because there's no way that he shouldn't... There's no way that he should even be in the last man in. He should yeah. have got a, a sure spot on the All-Star roster. Yeah, I I didn't see who actually made it for Boston. I want to say it was... It wasn't Bergeron, was it? I forget who it was, but... um. Yeah, I feel like Marshawn definitely needs to be in there. Um, and a couple other snubs who I think this goes overlooked, but when we talk about goaltenders, I think going back to what I was talking about earlier, Igor Shesterkin, he's got a 2.1 goals against average, which places him in third in the league in that category, a 936 save percentage, which is second, and he's also got a 25-2 and record. So Ooh. he's definitely helping out the Rangers who – just saw the retirement, the uh, number retirement of uh, Henrik Lundqvist uh, yesterday or the night before. I think it was last night. Um, and then uh, another one, Jacob Markstrom, the goaltender for the Calgary Flames, just recorded his seventh shutout on the year. Um, unfortunately, that Jackets loss was another one of those. But he also has a 2.23 goals against average, which is fifth in the league, and a 9.23 save percentage, which is eighth. So I feel like both of those goaltenders, in addition to Brad Marchand, should definitely be in there. I agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like sometimes the all-star voting, a little weird Mm -hmm. to me because a lot of players that should make it just don't. But that goes with every sport. You know, everyone knows that there's going to be players that are in that really shouldn't be there. Yeah. And there's always going to be those snubs every year. Yeah, that's – Unfortunately, that's just how it is in all sports, but I think that what the NHL lacks with their all-star thing is when, when you look at the NFL, it's very liberal in that a team can have as many players as they want in there or some teams won't have any, whereas in the NHL, every team gets at least one player, and I don't think that that's quite fair because that will put some players in just because they just happen to be the best player on their team even though they could be worse than... 20 other players and so I have a I have a problem with that I really agree with what uh, Nathan McKinnon said about how it's not a pot it's not a participation yeah this is this is the all-star it's an honor Uh, you know being an all-star is an honor and so do you do you agree with what he said I do because this isn't just like you said participation this is if you make the all-star game you're supposed to be the best of the best right and there's certain players that are on the roster that why well, wouldn't even consider top 20 in the league at all. And the fact that they're there just because every team has to get a representative is kind of disappointing. I want them to get rid of that. I yeah. think they should because it's it's leaving a lot of players out that deserve to be in this All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And they just will never get that chance or they'll get overlooked. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess kind of this goes with pretty much every all-star game there is. It's not really the game. It's it's about the honor, you know. The fact that Jacob Voracek is going to have that all-star 
uh, thing on his resume, whereas Brad Marchand doesn't. I mean, granted, Brad Marchand is very accomplished in his own right, but still, given how well he's doing this year, uh, like I said, 47 points through 36 games, it's it's kind of a joke that he's not in it. And I, I hate the guy uh, personally, but you can't argue with those stats. So um, elsewhere around the league, uh, let's kind of take a look at our currently the uh, Stanley Cup outlook right now. Who Do you think that there's any... Um, well, actually, first of all, let's kind of talk about some of the biggest uh, surprises and disappointments. Who's been overwhelming? Who's been underwhelming so far for you? I think underwhelming, definitely the uh, Canadians. But I mm-hmm. do I do give them a little bit of a pass. They are struggling with the uh, goaltending situation that they have going on over there. Yeah. Um, I think another big disappointing team is definitely the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Everyone thought with all the additions that they made and all the uh, moves throughout the offseason that they had that they would be a little better than where they're sitting right now. They're right, sitting yeah. second to last in the uh, Central Division, only above the Coyotes. And uh, Well, yeah. the Coyotes are the Coyotes. I can't really mm-hmm. say too much. Um, I think another team that is a disappointment, I will say, is the Seattle Kraken. Now, I understand that they are a young team. They're mm-hmm. brand new, first season. But I think a lot of people were expecting them to be better and follow in the uh, footsteps of what Vegas did in their yeah, uh, but, expansion draft. Yeah, well, with how Vegas' uh, expansion draft was, it's almost like no surprise. I mean, it was surprising that they made it all the way at the time. Um but when you look at the players that Seattle had to uh, to uh, choose from versus what Vegas did, you know, I, I wasn't expecting much from Seattle at all to begin with. So I think it's going to take them a while to uh, find their groove. Um, biggest surprise for me, when you look at Florida, the Florida Panthers roster, it's not much of a surprise that they're sitting in first place right now, but... If they can keep this up, right now I think they are sitting in first place in the entire league. Um, They're one of my favorites to make it to the Stanley Cup, but at the same time, they just have to prove that they can can win playoff series because they've been in it for the last several years, and they haven't won a playoff series yet in that span. So um, I agree. They're definitely a big surprise, at least for me from where they came. Flash of the fact they're number one. Mm-hmm. Not only in their division, but in the entire league. Normally, yeah. that is always run by the Lightning and the uh, the Maple Leafs. Always. Yeah, there's um, a lot of really good teams that they're still managing to outperform. So I guess they are a uh, overwhelming team in that aspect. But like I said, given their roster, you know, it's you almost kind of expect them to yeah be as almost as good as they are. My biggest disappointment. I know we've talked about Montreal before, who still has. Not even they still have only eight wins on the year. They're the only team to not have double digit wins in that column. But to me, the biggest disappointment has to be the Edmonton Oilers because, again, another year, another season of wasted opportunity with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel being the top two of the top centermen in the entire league and they still have not put anything substantial around them. 
their goaltender. Their goalie position right now is a complete mess. Uh, they just added Evander Kane, too, which I... He did score a goal in his first game there, but just given all the off-ice issues and all the distractions that come with him, I feel like that was the move that they definitely should not have made. Dude, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was kind of... That was really, honestly dumb but it wasn't the smartest decision in the world um if you're struggling like they're like they are um when you had high expectations coming into the season um to bring all that drama and all that mess into the locker room into your team's chemistry that's not the best because although he did score in his first game that success might not be long sustained yeah i mean you look at other in like other sports where they players have had issues, they've managed to have some success, but yeah. not very much following that, like with Antonio Brown. Okay, mm-hmm. you cleaned up his act for a year, but then he's right back to square one. Um, you just can't afford to add that mess into your team's chemistry because it can throw a lot of things off and cause a lot of distractions, and it could lead to key players leaving, um, yeah. coaches getting fired. It, it, it just could snowball so quickly if they're not careful with it. Yeah, and I, I found this meme that talks about Evander Kane, about how teams are still signing him to pretty big contracts and still giving him chances and stuff after being a distraction. And it was from that scene from Arrested Development where Tobias and uh, Lindsay are talking about the, the possibility of an open relationship and so Lindsay asked, well, did it work for those people? And Tobias goes, no, it never does. I mean, these people somehow delude themselves into thinking it might. But it might work for us. <laughs> so I feel like that's what the Oilers are doing with Evander Kane right now. They have a lot of issues going on, as is. I think Evander Kane, when you look at the tangibles, he brings a lot. Uh, I, or maybe not a lot, but he does. he can be helpful. But, again, it's those. it's that locker room distraction that – probably isn't going to get, get them any sort of yeah. net improvement. Um, and so, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers, they're my biggest uh, letdown so far. And you really just don't want to see the kind of talent that they have with McDavid and Dreisaitl go to waste. And the fans have had enough of it. Did you see that they started throwing their own jerseys onto the ice <laughs> in their uh, shutout against, I think it was Florida. Oh, boy. Yeah, they, they're, they've had enough of it as well. So it's only a matter of time before... McDavid and Dreisaitl think, you know what, maybe we should go elsewhere. We'll have more success elsewhere. So Hopefully they do, and hopefully they land CBJ. Yeah. I'm, I can hope. <laughs> that would be nice, yeah. <laughs> that would be Maybe we could package, like, effort. yeah, Sonny Milano in a third. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now going back to right now, who do you think makes the Stanley Cup as of now? Who do you think has the best odds from the East and the West? So from the East, I think it's a tie for me right now between the uh, Hurricanes and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, those are definitely the power two right now, and I'm hoping that I-, I want Carolina to go more, but that's just because, I mean, the Panthers, they have somebody on their roster that I am. I still haven't forgiven yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, he's the only player, I think, that's ever played for us that I still hold anything against I don't hold anything against well okay Seth Jones but that's different <laughs> I don't really yeah. hold too much against Dubois 
Like, I, I understand where he was coming from. The way he went about it, though, was very childish. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm surprised you're, uh, you have that much against, uh, you're talking Bobrovsky, right? Yeah. I, I, really? hold, I hold so much against him. See, I, I personally don't because he spent a long time here. He's won two Veznas with us, and it just came down to him asking for too much, and I don't blame the Jackets for letting him go, and him not wanting to re-sign because we didn't want to pay him that much. There's been a lot of other players who have been a lot more uh, just immature and much more distracting, I guess, like PLD. You know, the way he left when he took that last shift on the ice was just absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, especially and you talk coming, about going. I was especially with him saying at the beginning of the season that he couldn't wait to uh, – spend a long period of time with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then for him yeah. to randomly just change his mind three games into the season. And, yeah, you still wonder what went on. I mean, was it something to do with Tortorella? Or... It might have been, because although I do still have respect for Torts, I know that... He was very polarizing among the players, it seems. It's he, like players yeah. either loved him or they, they hated him. just could not stand his coaching yeah. style. It, it was and it I was feel one like that's other. definitely what drove a lot of talented players out of here, like Artemi Panarin who I it's hard for me to not like him because he's just a very likable guy but at the same time I just wish that he would have stayed here longer so do I we had a really good thing going on mm-hmm. when we had everybody still here that, that's why absolutely I, I, and I, same I with still, Matt Duchesne yeah I, I that's why I still hold a little bit against Bob because uh, I, I I understand why you had to leave but you left us with Corpusalo, so that's enough for me. <laughs> well, I mean, Corpusalo's first year after Bobrovsky ended up getting him into the All-Star game. I don't know how that happened, if I'm being <laughs> completely honest he here. Corpusalo has always been a very solid goaltender who's never going to win a Vesna, but he's never going to be terrible, um, at least in the previous years that we've seen him. I, I think that the goaltenders past. this year has been... Yeah. Much more uh, night and day, much more inconsistent. But I think that's kind of across the board because we see that with Elvis as well. So The only goalie that we really have yet to see that with, although he's only played in three games, and I know he's dealing with his injury right now, is Tarasov. Right. But he seems that I, – I think that he could be – like we had talked about uh, last time we were up here. Um, I think that Tarasov gives us a reason to trade – Corpusalo, because I still yeah. I still hold out hope for Elvis. I know that he's been in a slump recently. Um, I just need him to break out of that. Yeah, and I think he will. I'm, I'm hoping he will. I, I, I think that with a better defense, a better supporting cast around him, he will. You know, that's why I've kind of had a problem with all the criticism that Bobrovsky had when it came to the playoffs. Um, his big thing was he would choke in the playoffs. That's what, uh, what everyone's criticism was, but a lot of the times, while he certainly wasn't great, and a lot of it was his fault, a lot more of it was the fact that the defense kind of just stopped being that elite defense that they used to be, and the offense just could not get anything going against teams like the Penguins or the Capitals. And so I kind of feel that way with the criticism. I mean, granted, I've always been partial towards goalies. I've, I've always loved goalies even when I was little my favorite players were always the goaltenders so I've I've always kind of been partial towards them and given them the benefit of the doubt 
But I really do think that Elvis can be the number one guy, and he does better when he is the number one guy. Yeah, you, He's you, very, you can't just throw him into the game because yeah. he, he just doesn't perform well in that situation, and I don't know why. Yeah, he's, he's just very confidence-driven. We've seen that in his first year where we talked about this in the last episode where that first month or two or first couple months, he really struggled when he was that uh, number two guy behind Corpy, and then when Corpusala went down and he became the number one guy there for a good, like, two months or so, he became lights out. and That's when King Elvis. Really could have King been. King Elvis was yeah. started. Yeah, and that was Corpusala's all-star year, and the fact that Elvis came in just too late. I feel like he also could have been an all-star, given how well they were performing. So after Bobrovsky left, we were still left with a pretty good situation. I mean, again, not not Vesna-level uh, play from our goaltenders, but I don't hold anything against him the way I hold against Jeff Carter and, like, Adam Foote. You know, there have been a lot more. There have been a lot worse um, there have been Exodus is I will of, I will say that there's there haven't but it's just the just the pain of the last time we won a playoff game we still had Bob so yeah I, I was at that last game when he and uh Panarin talked to the crowd and then that's awesome yeah well Bob and Panarin are like yeah we can't wait to come back and everyone's like yeah well, yeah we know you're not coming back <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the vibe it gave off we're like we're thankful yeah. for what you did and your time here but don't 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 raise everyone's hopes by saying, "Oh, we hope to come back." You're not coming back. You're not fooling yeah. anyone. <laughs> yeah, and y- you know what made me kind of it, it was this kind of bittersweet moment was I was I was kind of going through my room the other day and I found this uh, card thing that I got during graduation. Every student got one from a teacher, and I got one from my uh, history teacher. I had a couple years. Shout out to Mr. Edwards, who was also a Blue Jackets fan. And at the end of it, he said. Uh, go Blue Jackets. Who knows? Maybe bro- uh, Bob and the Breadman will stick around. Oh. And so it was. It just kind of made me smile, but made me sad at the same time because we, we I was had, like, ah, oh, we we had yeah. it so good then. We we had it. We had it multiple times, but then it just came up to the lack of playoff experience in those situations. But we we had it, and we're in the rebuild. It's it hurts to go from where we were. I don't want to say that we got used to it, but. We did kind of get used to at least making the playoffs and yeah. winning games, and now we're back to, God, like the years we had Steve Mason and the end of his career. and Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that one really good year, though, in uh, 2009. Um, but, yeah, and we, then, we just don't want to see – we don't want to go back to those dark ages, you know, where when we had, like, Rick Nash and then not much around him. Yeah, it was, it was always – I remember it was always Rick Nash, Steve Mason, and Jared Bull. Yep. I love Jared Bull. I Jared think he might be Bull. my favorite jacket of all time. Yeah, I love Jared Yeah, he's definitely Bull. a fan favorite. I loved watching him at the time. Um, yeah, we just – I'm very optimistic about our future. I think we'll bounce back, and I think we'll end up eclipsing some of those all those days. I'm hoping. Um, so, yeah, and going back to the, our Stanley Cup predictions, uh, you said Florida for the East. Who do you think ends up winning the West this year? I think – I want to say the Avalanche, but I'm not going to put it past. I have a sleeper team in the Pacific that I think could surprise a lot of people should they get a wild card spot, and I'm hoping they do, and that's the Kings. They're playing very – they've been playing very well recently, and I'm wondering if they can sustain that hot streak that they're on going into the playoffs. I think if they do, 
they could surprise a lot of people and find themselves back in the Stanley Cup finals. Yes, yeah, you know, I can kind of see that because I think that them and Anaheim are very talented young teams that can make a lot of noise in the playoffs. But I think that in hockey, playoffs are very experience-driven, where most of the time the teams that make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and win the Stanley Cup are those teams that have been in it for years prior. You know, like a couple years ago, the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, when they first made the playoffs, I was like, this team is going to be a Stanley Cup team eventually. But right now they just don't quite have the experience yet. And now that they do have the experience and they got the talent and they are the hottest team in the entire National Hockey League, I think that this is the year that they get over that second-round hump, and I think they'll end up making it to the Stanley Cup because they just got such a good, well, just a very complete roster. And I've been super impressed with Kale McCarr. I think he is my favorite to win the Norris Trophy for best defensive best defenseman. Um, I can also see it looks like the Vegas Golden Knights. They are right back at it. They struggled early on with a lot of injuries, but they're getting a lot of players back. They get Jack Eichel, and so for as much as I can't stand them, I have a lot <laughs> against them. Um, but I think that they can be another one of those teams that can make it because they got the experience. So I have either Colorado or Vegas winning the West. As far as the East, man, it's so top-heavy and just very talented across the board where even Boston can make it, even though they're 14 points behind first-place Florida. And then even in the Metro, the Pittsburgh Penguins, it looks like they're back. Um, they're getting healthy again. Uh, the Rangers look like they're about where everyone thought they should have been for the last couple years. I think that with new coaching, I feel like they'll be right back into the mix. But And then going back to experience, I mean, Florida's been in it for the last couple of years. They just haven't won a playoff series. And so for as much as I want to choose them, I don't, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like it's going to come down to Carolina, Florida, or Tampa. I think uh, those are my Tampa. three favorites. Yeah, just <sighs> if, we, if we see Tampa win it, for the third year in a row, or if they end up going against Vegas, I am going to. I, that might be the one time I don't watch the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I don't and, know if I'll be able to do it. Yeah, it was like the one time that I was ever going to vote for or root for Montreal last year. I was like, I hate to see them in it because I feel like they just don't deserve to be in it. And the fact that they have so many Stanley Cups, and most of them came from the days when they are only 16s. And so... But they beat the but they beat Vegas, and so I was like, "All right, I guess I have no choice but to root for <laughs> Montreal." So it's just I just, I just I hope to see someone other than Vegas or Tampa in there. That would that'd be refreshing. It's kind of like this year, like a lot of sports this year. There's teams that are exploding out of nowhere that mm-hmm. you know no one thought they were coming up. Um, I'm excited because hockey, we have a chance to see that should Tampa lose, but I think that because they have a lot of experience and a lot of talent and they've been here multiple times, they could do it. I don't see them doing it, but should, say, the Hurricanes not make it and lose early on or, like, the Panthers lose early on, then I think it would be a safe, secure bet that Tampa would make it all the way because those are the only two teams that are 
between Tampa and another Stanley Cup. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, that just about does it for this episode. Do you have any final thoughts today? Trade Corpusalo while we still can. Get some good defensive pieces. I know we're in the middle of the Corpusalo for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Do you think that's a fair trade? I think it's a fair trade just because the Oilers are so bad. Maybe we can, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can throw in like a like a third or fourth in there. Yeah, just start throwing. Maybe maybe throw in Scott Harrington or something. <laughs> I think they'd take it honestly. They they're about to be right where we are. They're heading towards a rebuild. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's that about does it for us this week. Um, our next episode, we'll talk about the trade deadline, which happens in March. We will also talk about the playoff outlook a little more in depth and give our predictions for the awards. Uh, So thank you for listening. My name is Dan Groen. I'm Patrick Weber. And please be sure to tune in to Sports Power Talk every Sunday at 11 on 88.1 WZIP, also available on the Radio FX app. If you missed the latest Sports Power Talk, you can catch it on our other new podcast, SPT Rewind. So be sure to to subscribe to those as well as SPT Overtime. Uh, which are all available on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Um, and also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports to participate in our weekly on air discussions. So, once again, thank you for listening and go Blue Jackets.